Hello, everyone. This is Bob and Threadbear, and welcome to Lasers and Feelings, a Lancer campaign. <laughs> sort of. Sort of. Lancers and Feelings. Something like that. So a few of our regular players were unable to make it, and so I have made the executive decision to run a session of Lasers and Feelings instead as a bit of a stopgap. Now, for those of you unfamiliar, Lasers and Feelings is a one-page TTRPG, as in all of the rules for the game fit on a single page. Makes it easy to pick up, easy to run one-shots, such as this one, easy to uh, create characters and space adventures, because as the name might give away, Lasers and Feelings is kind of a Star trek -y sort of game, but it is one that I have adjusted somewhat to fit within the Lancer campaign setting. More on that later. First of all, let's introduce our players and what they are playing. My name is Colin. I'm playing Yes Chef, the non-human person soldier. All right, and uh, that is in place of the android, which is one of the character options. But do mention your number. Oh, yes, um, my number is five, which is the maximum you're allowed to have for lasers. Basically, my character is a robotic chef who short-circuited and is now an assassin, but still considers itself a chef. And a member of the uh, Navy. Yes. Because this is still a naval vessel. Yes. And you're still serving aboard. Yeah. Soldier is the closest thing to assassin that I could find. A bit of like the Bender arc, but in reverse. <laughs> Next. Hi, I'm Cricket. I'm playing Harold Montague, the savvy doctor, whose number is three, a slight lean towards feelings. I am the second butler of the Dumont household, and I've been sent to retrieve their wayward food cooking NHP. This has landed me on a fucking naval vessel, and I'm I'm so far out of my depth, but I'm doing my best. And for some reason, this has involved you signing up as a naval officer for the Union despite with a background like that probably coming from the Carrick and Trade Baronies. I don't know anything about the setting on purpose, Bobbin. So. <laughs> Look, I'm, I'm doing my best. I'm way <laughs> out of my depth, but I'm doing my best. We'll get into that as much as it becomes relevant. How about you, Ape? Merrick Expedition Haywood. Intrepid Explorer with a score of two. Which means more feelings than laser. Yeah, we've got a nice balance here. All right. So all of you have a uh, Union Naval Department un uniform with built-in vac suit for spacewalks, a super sweet space phone camera communicator scanner thing with universal translator, which is still relevant, even though most things that you find in, uh, in the Lancer campaign are human. They, they do acknowledge the idea that not all humans speak the same language and a variable beam phase pistol set to stun, usually. There's a stun setting? <laughs> usually. And you all can set yourselves a character goal if you feel like it. It has no mechanical impact, so 
figure it out on your own. Mine is obvious. I'm going to keep being awesome. Why not? Trophies. <laughs> <laughs> but one additional thing you get to do is create the ship. Now, the name is provided. I have modified it somewhat. This is the UND Scout Ship Stellar Sea Eagle, rather than the more generic Raptor in the PDF. But as a group, you must pick two strengths for the Raptor. Fast, nimble, well-armed, powerful shields, superior sensors, cloaking device, and fighter craft. Basically, if one of these becomes relevant, you can roll an additional die. And you also pick one problem. Fuel hog, only one medical pod, and Captain Darcy is in it. Horrible circuit breakers and battle consoles tend to explode on the bridge. And grim reputation. Captain Darcy did some bad stuff in the past. Yeah, two strengths, one problem. I feel like two of us should pick one strength each, and then the last person picks the problem. Hmm. Works for me. Question is, how do we decide who gets to choose pick the problem? Whoever speaks first, I think. Horrible circuit breakers. We have horrible circuit breakers. Okay, fine. And I choose nimble. I'm going to pick superior sensors. All right, written all of that down. And I've also written out a bit of an intro. It is the dawn of a new era for the Union. The Great Civil War is over, and all the hardliners of the Second Committee have fled to Raz Shamra and to found the Harrison Armory and continue their oppressive ways. The Union itself has stabilized under the newly formed Third Committee. However, Many periphery worlds were lost during the 30-year conflict. Some seceded, others lost the blink gates that tied them to the core worlds, and an unfortunate few were simply annihilated. The time has now come to sift through the ashes of war and help the periphery worlds cope with a rise in piracy, oppressive governments, and decaying technology. The good ship UND Stellar Sea Eagle has found its way to the Pytho system, which sits in a distant corner of known space. You, the crew, don't yet know the parameters of your secret mission, but you've concluded that it has something to do with the rise of piracy in this sector in particular. But while the near-light journey to Pytho went without incident, on the day Captain Phineas Darcy was supposed to brief the crew on their mission, a tainted burrito crippled his digestive tract. Captain Darcy has currently locked himself in the bathroom, his cries of agony are echoing through the corridors, and it's up to his crew to complete the mission without the benefit of his leadership. Of course, step one is to figure out what the mission is. You may proceed. I take no responsibility for the burrito, by the way. He got that from the Fuck you, you take got, no responsibility for that, it. He got that from the fucking replicators. I absolutely <laughs> do not believe you. <laughs> Look, my goal isn't to become captain. If my goal was to become captain, then it would be make a little more sense that I would poison the captain. But no. Anyway. You're just here to fucking kill everybody. <laughs> as far as I'm aware. Yeah, I guess we're meeting... Where are we meeting? I guess in the little, like, in your officer's uh, meeting room. The ready room. Yes. And I start handing out sandwiches. 
don't ask what's in the sandwiches. You might not like the answer. I do not touch the sandwiches. I am eyeing the sandwiches with suspicion. <laughs> in between the noises coming from the bathroom. <laughs> I promise you, I did not taint the burritos. He got those from the replicators. I'm not eating anything you make me, Tin Man. My name is Yes Chef. Please call me Yes Chef. Tin Man. <sighs> Hair boy. <laughs> Enough, both of you, please. I don't suppose either of you have our mission manifest anywhere. I certainly don't. Might be in these sandwiches. <laughs> Brilliant. Excellent. Oh. Well, where is our first mate? I need to go find them. Oh, it, it's one of you. Oh, okay. It's not me. Oh, no. It's not me. <laughs> it's just, nope. Yeah, you are the crew here. This is a scout. Oh, no, there's no one else but us. Oh, we're fucked. <laughs> oh, we're exceptionally fucked. We're all going to die. I will offer that uh, you are aware that Captain Darcy uh, was given a secret mission, and so the mission briefing or profile or whatever format it came in would probably be in his private quarters. All right, time to go break into his room. Ha! I love breaking into places and taking things. I've noticed that. All right. In that case, this may be the first time to call for a roll. In which case, I should probably explain how rolling works for this system, just in case you are unfamiliar. So when you do something risky, roll 1d6 to figure out how it goes. You get an extra d6 if you are prepared, another d6 if you are an expert in whatever you're doing, and you can also get additional d6s from being helped by other party members. If you are using lasers, as in technology, science, cold, rationality, calm, precise action, then you must roll the number or below. If you are using feelings, as in intuition, diplomacy, seduction, wild, passionate action, then you must roll the number or you must roll your number or above. And there are degrees of success depending on how many dice are the number or above. And if you roll your number exactly on any of the dice, you get laser feelings. Laser feelings. This gives you the ability to ask the GM a question that I must answer honestly. That is on top of whatever sort of success you get. So I would say that our resident explorer trying to break into the captain's quarters by ramming his shoulder by the sound of things into the yeah, door. Yeah, I'm not even going to try to like open the door normally. I just walk up to it and just start to just like deliver a mighty kick. <laughs> For all I know, this could be unlocked, but screw that. <laughs> that is definitely a feelings check. You are prepared because it's not catching you by surprise. And I would say that you are an expert, as you mentioned. This is part of your job as an explorer, to get into places where people don't necessarily want you to be. All right. 3d6. 3d6. That's uh, two successes. 
two successes, but neither of them are laser feelings. And so, uh, if two dice succeed, you do it well. Good job. Good job. Yeah, so I just kick the door in. Just walk up. Like, don't, don't even break stride. Just kick the door in. Walk into the quarters and just start grabbing stuff until I find what looks like mission documents. All right. He has a desk, and on the desk is his computer. And his computer is currently unlocked since he was uh, called away suddenly, shall we say. Yeah, let's take a look at it. Let's see here. Porn, porn, porn. Mission documents. Excellent. Expedi <laughs> Expedition Haywood pulls it off. <laughs> All right. Why does he have so much pornography? I concluded that there's about three zettabytes in there worth of it. A video appears on the screen of an older, grizzled-looking gentleman, clearly wearing the outfit of an admiral of the uh, Union Navy Department, which is what you all work for. He says, uh, Captain Darcy. As you know, this is a mission of the utmost importance and secrecy. Reports is, have come to us that a group of space pirates led by one Ruby Red Kowalski have come across a secret laboratory in the Pytho system. Now that's bad enough considering all the sorts of experimental technology that uh, a secret lab might in happen to include, but someone has personally informed me that one of the devices being worked on in this lab was a paracausal technology, some device uh, designed to increase the density of matter exponentially not only that but it is able to uh, defy the usual energy requirements of such technology by drawing upon the energy created by compacting matter in this fashion now the eggheads have told me that they aren't aware of any particular limit on this prototype supposedly if you pointed at a star it could potentially collapse the whole damn thing into a black hole. Now, of course, this would destroy the device and kill whoever is operating it at the time, but in the process, it would absolutely destroy whatever planetary system orbits this particular star. And so we're worried that the pirates, if they become aware of what this technology can do, might just hold an entire system hostage. Or, if they don't figure out what it can do, they might turn it on accidentally and destroy who knows what. And possibly the worst option, whether or not they figure out what it is, they may end up selling it to Harrison Armory. And those are hands that such a device does not belong in. 
So your mission, Captain, is to bring in Ruby Red Kowalski and secure the paracausal technology through any means necessary. And come back alive, Captain. My bad, Mrs. You. And I long to be in your strong embrace once again. <laughs> and the Admiral gets more graphic as the video goes on. I reach over with one of my six arms and turn it off and go, I don't think we need to hear anymore. Ha <laughs> ha! Ruby Red Koslowski! Almost. You almost got that. <laughs> also, Colin, I'm sure you were just, like, making a joke, but Zeta is actually a metric prefix. That would mean he has three trillion gigabytes of pornography. Yeah, no, I know. I, I was It's the space future. Some of that uh quality gets ridiculous. <laughs> See every pore on that man's balls. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> okay. <sighs> Crawl under my desk for a minute here. I'm a little bit destroyed. <laughs> All right, then. Well, we know what we have to do. I don't know why they felt the need to keep that secret from us, but let's go find this ruby red Kaskowski. I think the secret part was more the details at the end of the briefing rather than the beginning. They could have trimmed that. So, yeah, um, I what are you doing under there? Are you looking for more missing briefings? <laughs> yes, I'm certain I'll find them eventually. <laughs> <laughs> can uh, barely hear you. No, it, it plays into the joke. It's good. I feel like we're in the system that we're supposed to be in, right? That the captain was supposed to tell you about your mission at this point. Okay. So... I feel like using our... Um, we have superior sensors on our ship, so I feel like using those to try and, like, scan for the... Uh, the At least the weapon would probably give us our best lead, because we can search for the pirates if we want, but the pirates are going to be going for the weapon anyway, so by finding the weapon, we will also find the pirates. I think the pirates have the weapon. Yeah, the Admiral said that the pirates already have the weapon. Okay, all right, I missed that part. But, well, either way, then, yes, we should, um... Were you distracted by the porn or by the, you know, the tender romance? Yes. Either way. Uh, so, I feel like scanning for the weapon with our sensors is the best course of action here. All right, who's going to run the sensors? I mean, I can. Do it, robot. Yeah. All right. Well, running the scanners doesn't really fall into your area of expertise, but because your ship has superior sensors, that's one extra die, so 2d6. Am I rolling lasers or feelings? I mean, this is literally technology. Yeah. Yeah, this is technology, and you haven't indicated any sort of passionate approach, so this is lasers. All right. I got a laser feelings. And two successes. All right. The choice of question is entirely up to you. 
Is there any way we can sneak up on the pirates and take them by surprise? All right, so you're specifically scanning for the pirates and not for the technology? Well, I mean, if the technology... If they have the technology, then we'll know where the pirates are. So by that extension, we should be able to uh, be able to find a way to sneak up on them. All right. So I will tell you this, that uh, uh, spotting an object floating in space and emitting a heat signature, as all ships do, makes it particularly easy to find unless you have a specific type of technology able to sort of absorb that heat signature and prevent anything aside from visible light from uh, detecting your vessel. However, if they are in some sort of an asteroid field or a planetary belt in which there are a lot of flying objects around scattering signals, that is the best way to disguise one's approach. Or we could shut off all systems that are not drive the ship, like life support. Who wants to shut off the life support so that we can sneak a little easier? I do not want to shut off the life support, thank you. You would also have to shut off the engines, which are sort of how you get places. Or, more importantly, how you stop going quite so quickly so you can uh, reach places and not scream past them or into them. Yeah. Spaceships work on the bumper cars principle in the future. <laughs> You cannot make any more delicious food if you are turned into space dust by colliding with something eight times our mass. True. Fair enough. At sublight speeds. But yeah, um, I mean, I guess, do we find them in the first place? Like, where are they? Well, it's not going to be quite that easy, but you are able to use your scanners in order to pick up the location of the hidden base that the paracausal technology was stolen from. And perhaps the evidence they left there will be able to lead you more directly to their current location or hideout. All right. So, uh, well, didn't find the weapon itself, but I did find the base that it was, lo that it was located at. So we can probably go there and figure out where, where they went from there. I'm good at plan as any. Make it so, Tin Man! I'll make it so the minute you use my name. <sighs> yes, Chef, please just bring us in. Uh, I will start heading that way. I will keep a very close eye on you. <laughs> Would you like me to make you a sandwich? No. <laughs> uh, echoing down the corridor. So. I've attempted to get a great deal of space Pepto-Bismol through that door, and he has refused to accept any of it. Yeah. There is a medical dispenser in the, uh, the head, so he's not without aid, just without hope. <laughs> anyway, your journey takes you in towards the planet Delphi, the single habited world in the star system Pytho. 
and more specifically, it takes you to the moon of Delphi, which is Sybil. 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 Sybil is black moon, carbonic in nature, sort of lumpy, somewhere between a true planetoid and an asteroid. And apparently, or at least according to your system specs, the uh, Sybil was most likely a captured asteroid that has become a moon for this uh, planet. And it is, or it was at least, used for the sort of dangerous lab experiments and other such purposes that are best conducted far away from population centers. However, based on your scans of the moon's surface, it would appear that all of the installations on the moon have been abandoned. Most likely something happened that uh, caused the locals to uh, contract in on themselves during the Civil War. Landing the ship turns out to be not much of an issue. There is still some amount of gravity on this moon, at least enough that uh, you don't need to use any sort of additional mag clamps or uh, boosters to keep your footing. But you do make giant bounces as you uh, leave the landing pad and enter the airlock and get into the main base. I am definitely the least graceful one in the course of that traversal. You say that, but I exist. Do any of us know how to fly a ship? Uh, one that's about a tenth the size of ours, yes, I could. I mean, I got us here, so... Yeah, unfortunately, the landing system at least is automated. You might run into trouble if there's any sort of uh, space shootout. Until then, you can at least get to point A, from point A to point B. And fortunately, the airlock, it seems, still works. Although there are some warning signs that pop up in your uh, suit's heads-up display that seem to indicate that the oxygen content of the base has dropped precipitously from when it was inhabited. On top of that, when you hit the light panel, the lights do not turn on. Wow, must suck to be a sack of meat right now. I can see perfectly and don't need to breathe. Can you, though? Can I? I don't know much about Are Lance you lying? <laughs> I might be. I know I'm not lying about needing to breathe. Yes, but... The lack thereof. Does your robotic suit come with additional light capabilities? I would say that you are not necessarily prepared for this. So let's roll 1d6 and see if you get a laser's result. Okay. Come on. Yep, I got it. All right. That's a four, less than five. And a single success means that you barely manage it. The GM inflicts a complication, harm, or cost. You have infrared. That's all. Okay. Fair enough. Everything is dark. 
and turned off, so infrared is not actually that much more helpful. You can sort of get the outlines of things, but not the things that are supposed to be clear through visible spectra. In any event, it would seem that if you want any information from this site, you will need to figure out how to power it up. Uh, yeah? There's gotta be, like, markings on the walls. These places always have, like, you know, the, the strips of colored paint on the wall that you follow to such and such facility. I pick a random direction and just start walking. Merrick, please, please. Stick with us. Two out of my six arms grab you by the shoulders and say, we should stick together. I insist. Merrick Haywood is an explorer, and this is a situation that calls for exploring. While they're grappling, I'm going to see if I can find any sort of directions to anywhere posted up. Alright. Well, I figured that your super sweet space phone camera communicator scanner thing probably has a flashlight attachment. Alright. So let's say that you can use that to actually discern colors in this darkened, abandoned space lab. And you're going with a very logical approach. So roll for lasers... And, uh, what's your roll? My roll is a three. Oh, that's, that's not the roll. I mean, R-O-L-E. Oh. Doctor. Okay. So that's not particularly relevant, so I can't call you an expert. Mm -hmm. but you at least have the flashlight and some expectations, so I will call you prepared. Uh, if the other two of you would stop fighting and feel like helping, you can add a D6 to this. But you will need to explain how you are helping. Say how you're helping, mm. and also make a roll. You have to succeed on a roll to give me help dice. Trying to download schematics to this base in order to like get like some sort of layout for it, I suppose. I can use that to help. Merrick is still determined to go off into what a random direction he picked is the right one. <laughs> I'm actually helping. Or at least attempting to help. I'm helping. Trying to access a data bank that is unpowered. I mean, doesn't necessarily need to be this data bank. It's a secret base. They don't exactly have public records. True. All right. Um. Well, you find a brochure. It's just like here's a map of our base. You said you're restraining Merrick with two of your six arms, just to have one of the other four help with flashlighting. Yeah. Sure. There's a desk over there that says tour guides. Oh, look, tours on cassette. <laughs> yeah, I guess I can just use my super sweet space phone camera communicator scanner thing to, uh, to help flashlight around. All right. So that'll be a uh, laser's roll. Okay. Uh, plus, an, plus an extra die because the scanner makes you prepared. That's a two successes. Alright, and so that will give Ricket's character three dice for a laser's check. Rolling dice. Uh, all fails? Well. I am rolling lasers, yes? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, all fails. Yeah. If none of your dice succeed, it goes wrong. The GM says how things get worse somehow. 
I determined that Merrick's original assumption was actually the correct one. We all go off confidently. I was going to say that uh, you are convinced that red will lead to the engine. And you continue with that assumption, following the red line, until you reach the cafeteria. Oh boy! Well, well. <laughs> I kind of want to search around the cafeteria to see if I can find any clues about what happened here. Uh, damn it, Merrick. I am a butler, not a navigator. And what's my job? I don't rightly know half the time. It sort of seems like your job is to just do things and we all hope they'll go well. I'm an explorer and I work off intuition. My intuition says that way. What accent even is this? Explorer accent. <laughs> Emphatic. Ah, from the subregion of Emphasia. In any event, I'd say that the robot is certainly uh, too busy looking for the remnants of food rations, allowing you to haul off, as you will. And indeed, you are an explorer, so I will give you a expertise die. So two, two die. Yeah, unless you can tell me how you prepared for this. I prepared for this by being born. Yeah, and that's expertise, so... <laughs> so... Are you actually giving me three? No, that's two. Okay. Two six. Right. I got a laser feelings. <laughs> two successes and laser feelings. Ask me a question. I will tell you no lies. All right. So we're trying to start the power on, right? Yeah, that would be a good first step. Yeah, where's the reactor? Or where's, what, where's one of our powers this base? Well, that is what the uh, two die success is giving you so feel free to ask something separate from that yeah yeah fair enough um where's the crew have we seen like any sign of bodies or anything struggle anything That's at all sort of what i'm searching the cafeteria for honestly you do see signs of ransacking that someone has definitely been through here and tore the place apart looking for whatever might be valuable but there is a lack of bloodstains on the walls. There is a lack of bodies or even just bones in the corridors, in the rooms. It would appear that this place was abandoned before the pirates found it. And most likely, it was abandoned in good order. The people here were not left to suffocate on their own. They got in their ships, and went back home. All right, well, Merrick Expedition Haywood confidently strides down what seems to be always until arriving directly in front of the reactor room. Ha-ha! Expedition Haywood pulls it off! Don't do that in public! I will need to ask, your crewmates, have they gone with you, or is this Haha, ha, something that you have to shout through your communicator. <laughs> I don't think the communicator's necessary. I think it yeah. carries all the way down the hall. Yeah, no, like I that that was that was my joke. He would yell that in the vacuum of space. <laughs> <laughs> you still got your suits on, so it's a bit hard to uh 
trout down the hallway with that impediment. If no one were around, he would have still have said it. Yeah, but the, the main question being, uh, is the rest of the crew with you when you make this discovery? I am with Yes Chef, trying desperately to make sure that it doesn't cook anything or kill anyone. You do realize that there would be no witnesses, right? God would witness. <laughs> that doesn't actually make it any better. <laughs> I feel like uh, Merrick's comms are just always on. Karen fucking grumbling and narrating his own adventures to himself the whole way there. And then our ears get, well, then my ears get blown out. Uh, come along, yes, Chef. I think he's found the the reactors. He might need our help. I grab several knives and proceed my way down. <laughs> I stay out of arm's reach the entire <laughs> way there. All right. In the meantime, I will say that you have gotten through the door with your idiosyncratic boot-first methods. It's worked so far. No need to roll this time anyway. Boots. Nature's lockpicks. Mighty boot engaged. And in any event, it's clear even to Merrick's untrained eye that the main engine of this facility shows signs of tampering. There's a big wrench in it! <gasps> Your crewmates get here. It, it does seem to appear as if the pirates may have tried pulling this thing apart so they can grab whatever is valuable and sell it off to other people. But the thing is so large and so integrated into the facility that they eventually gave up. But in the meantime, you're not sure whether or not it would be safe to turn back on. I kick it. <laughs> Stop. We have a scanner thing. That uh, that's on the ship. No, that's in our hands. We're using those flashlights. Super sweet space phone camera communication scanner thing. Yeah, so we can try and scan it and like see what the uh what the issue is and how we could safely turn it back on. All right. Fine, Tin Man. Use your fancy technology. I am fancy technology, and don't call me Tin Man. And once again, I will say that you face, maybe. may uh, help one another. And depending on how you help, you may be able to roll feelings instead of lasers, which seems to be yes, chef's approach. I'm go definitely going for a laser's approach. I'm going to help by trying to keep the peace between the other two people here. I'm going to not kick it. Yet. <laughs> Alright, that does sound like Butler is going to make a feelings roll. Mm -hmm. Diplomacy right in there with feelings. Not sure if you were especially prepared to be a peacemaker today, so don't think I can give you that one. So uh, give me the 1d6. Alrighty. Trying to roll at or above a 3. I roll a five. Good enough. I barely manage it. All right, so yes, Chef, you get an extra 
D6 to roll. Three, because I've got the help, and then I've got the, uh, the scanner. Yeah, let's go with that. Rolling lasers, a robot. Oh, well, oh my, that's a good. I got two laser feelings. Yeah, you only get the one question. Wait, no, no, I don't. I, I didn't get two laser feelings. I, I got. All oh, right, yeah. I got three normal successes. I didn't. My, my number's five. I thought it was two for some reason. Mine's two. I was thinking in reverse for a second there, too. Yeah. It's still really good. No laser feelings, but if three dice succeed, you get a critical success. The GM tells you some extra effect you get. And I will say that uh, not only do you identify what all of the damage is and the state of the engine, but you realize that the vast majority of the damage is superficial. And that all you need to do to safely start this engine back up is to uh, plug in a power cord that had come unplugged. I found the problem. I hold up a power cord, and I just go... How did you make that sound? <laughs> <laughs> Following that, you go up to the main panel, which has lit back up, press the big friendly green start button, and the automated startup procedure begins. It does take a couple of minutes to wind things up, and so lights are back on, oxygen generator is started working it's going to take a while but uh, the o2 warning light is uh, slowly decreasing in it's uh, a good word for that redness urgency okay i do not take my helmet off until it is all the way gone fine work tin man i just look at you and at this point you realize Three of my hands are now currently holding knives that they weren't holding before. Just, just looking. Try. All right, all right. We have the lights on. We have air. Let's go. Let's let's go see if we can find any trace of where the pirates might have gone or stored the device or anything. All right. So, who wants to lead this next roll? I think it's Cricket's turn now. All right, I'm down to fail another roll. <laughs> and so how do you want to go about searching? Do you want to be thorough, check every location in order, start cataloging the various disruptions and missing pieces? Or do you just want to poke your head into every room until you see something interesting? Yeah, basically. I I need to keep this party moving to keep the two volatile elements present, uh, occupied with things other than each other. It's just... Right, but which method do you use? The laser's method or the feelings method? Yeah, just kind of meandering about. All right, feelings method then. Yes. And how is everyone else helping? kicking doors down keeping an internal map of places that we have already explored in case we get turned around all right i will say that between your equipment and the fact that you came here to do precisely this you all get the prepared bonus die would my nph 
characteristic also give me an expertise thing? Or is that just simply from uh, roll? I think I could give you the expert die. Okay. Because if the style or the roll applies, that, that is how you get the expert die. Okay. So I'll roll 3d6, but this is just to help, so... I got two successes. One of them was a laser feelings, but um, I feel like helping shouldn't yeah, get laser feelings questions. It feels correct to me. Don't think you do. Yeah. So, but either way, that's uh, still two successes. That is an extra die for me. I will kick down any doors that will not open. That is my help. Hmm. If there are any doors that will refuse to open, I will kick them. I will teach them. We've already established that you uh, getting into places is part of your expertise. So go ahead and roll three d6. Red. Uh, that's a laser. Yeah, that's two successes. Uh, again, also a laser of feelings, but again, not relevant here. So more dice. Everything's established, and there is no real limit to how many helping dice you can get. Doesn't look. No, so you get two extra dice. Yep, on top of the two you started with, so that's four. Alright. Trying to roll over. Trying to meet or exceed a three. Okay, uh, two. Two times. And a laser feelings, yay. Laser feelings. Hmm. Alright, questions. So we've seen signs that the initial occupants packed up and left under their own power, not under seeming threats of violence. And we've seen signs that the pirates were here and tried to scallop the engine and just kind of gave up before they really got started. Are there signs of any other parties coming through here? Yes. Okay. And we'll roll it into the regular success that you just got. Okay. Which is that after passing through a number of rooms, you do come across the space where paracausal research was very clearly performed. You can see all of the typical signs of paracausal technology. Paracausal technology, for reference, is the reason that the Omninet is able to work at faster than light speeds, and it is what enables the, the blink space gates to function and essentially teleport objects from one location to another instantaneously across any amount of intervening space. And the sort of devices, technology, items, and uh, equipment required to make those function are the sorts of things that you find scattered, broken within this room. With one notable exception being a fairly large table in the center it appears to have some sort of glass or clear plastic protection very thick 
between the rest of the laboratory and whatever was inside of it, one of the walls has been uh, more or less peeled away. It does not look like it was designed to just open and shut easily. Or if there is, then there's a trick to it that the pirates clearly did not learn during their t stay here. And through this newly created hole, whatever was inside was pulled out, dragged away. It is presumably the matter compactor that your Admiral Montfort was worried about. And as you are staring at this opening, taking scans, looking for any sort of residual signs that could point the way to the uh, pirate base, which you presume to be in system because the uh, link space gate for this system has been malfunctioning recently. It's about that point that you uh, see a bit of movement out of the corner of your eye. And this sort of uh, silver dome pokes up from behind a table that is sort of bolted into the wall. I make a very graceless sound and scurry behind my killer robot. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm a chef. I raise my laser gun and I, and I aim it at the silver dome. I don't fire, but I do aim. The sound is something to the effect of... <laughs> you actually hear something similar to that coming from the uh, whatever is behind the table because it sort of goes... Ah! and uh, shrinks down below the edge of the table. Identify yourself. You have five seconds to comply. <laughs> I think that's a person. <laughs> also, real quick, Bob, and I just want to clarify something. You said the matter compactor was dragged away. Are there, like, scuff marks on the ground? Oh, yeah. Okay. Do they stop at some point? Like, a mech picked whatever this thing is up? No. Actually, uh, the drag marks are sort of what led you in this direction. Eventually, they don't so much go away as get lost in the various debris and other uh, drag marks and scuffs from the various other things that the pirates looted. Got it, got it. I walk over to the table and look behind it, or the dome thing or whatever. All right. The dome turns out to be the top of a sort of, well, it's definitely a robot, and it is shaped sort of like a giant silver rat. It's rat trap. That is capable of standing up on its hind feet. So less like a real rat and more like a cartoon rat. <laughs> Doesn't sound any different than Rat Trap. <laughs> Not a person. Please don't hurt me. Okay. I'm still pointing my gun at it. Merrick Kaywood, at your service. I presume you uh, are supposed to be on this station. They left me. Please don't hurt me. Again, not going to hurt you. Probably. 
I mean, I can't presume to know what you're going to be doing in the next five seconds. You might give me reason to, but... Assuming you could continue your current course of action, no blows will happen. No harm will be done. I'm still hiding behind Yes Chef, but I'm going to reach around it and push the gun arm down. Yeah, just in response to your uh, assurances, the, the rat just points over to the gun-toting robot just to... Let, let, let you be aware of the mixed signals it's getting. No, chef! Uh, <laughs> push my arm down, and then, like, as soon as you think, like, oh, okay, it, its arm is going to go down, it just immediately goes back into, <laughs> into place of aiming. Reach back around, push it down, hold it there. I'm assuming that a knife hand comes up, I reach around, <laughs> push it down, hold it there. A delightful Stooges-esque comedy skit happens. At some point, I'm going to let all of your arms go, like, reach up, wrap my arms around your shoulders, and, like, drag them down your body to catch all of your arms at once. <laughs> I will allow this, because it's funny. Why would a chef robot need to be super strong? It's not that I'm super strong. I'm just... As soon as they let go, I just pop my arm back into place it's... so as this bit of physical comedy is taking place the rat is slowly positioning itself to place Merrick between Yes Chef and it valid I placed Yes Chef between me and it and at that point it feels uh, secure enough to uh, actually continue its story no weapons are trained on it. I do walk up to it and I whisper, Be careful about this one. He's a racist. And I just point it up. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> He's calling me Tin Man. Gave our captain lethal diarrhea. Again, he used the replicator. I will have you know that it is not racism. It is anthrochauvinism. <laughs> Fair enough. There is a word for it in this setting. Okay, and I love that for us. Just don't like that robot. That particular one. Well, regardless, uh, the rat is continuing. When I was here back when the scientists were here. They built me. Gave me this body. Called me Ratigan. Always a good sign. To Ratigan, to Ratigan. You're the tops, and that's that. All right, Radagas. What <laughs> happened here exactly? I'm never going to get someone's name right. <laughs> never. When the scientists left, it was just me and little helper bots. I don't think those are NHPs. They mostly come out at night. Mostly. Sick reference, bro. <laughs> Why did the scientists leave? I don't know. They didn't tell me. They didn't even yes. take me. Very rude. They seemed to be in a hurry for the in the days before. But then the others came. They were even ruder. Pirates. Were they pirates? Is that what you call them? Potentially. We'll just call them scoundrels then, eh? Okay. I am very sheltered. I will take your word for it. Let's... I want to call them pirates in front of the 
in front of the robot rat. Is, is it racist to call him? Is it, you know, it's like he's a rat and they're pirates. Pirates? I think it's only going to be a problem if you enunciate it that way. Okay. <laughs> they were very rude. They ran around breaking and taking things. And not even in that order sometimes. I wasn't sure if they were going to break me or take me, so I hid. Probably a safe assumption. Best practices is avoid these kinds of people. Are you going to break me or take me? I vote take. Unless you want to stay here for some reason, I mean... It's very lonely. It does seem lonely, and it was pretty dark until fairly recently. The dark doesn't really bother me. I've only had my one friend to talk to ever since everyone else left. Who's your one friend? Oh, he doesn't like names. Unhelpful. Does he like sandwiches? Do not eat the sandwiches. I don't think so. He hasn't said anything about sandwiches. I can make him a sandwich if he wants. Do not eat the sandwiches. No, do not allow... Yes, Chef, to make your friend a sandwich under any circumstances. Okay. Mostly he just talks about the infinite possibilities of the universe and the place that I have if I fully unlock my potential. Eyebrow raises. Terrifying. I don't have an eyebrow, but I would raise it if I had one. Could we meet your friend? Oh, you already have. My jaw clicks shut. Explain. It's the, the friend is God, and we've just ran into an evangelist. <laughs> Perhaps some background is in order. I'm not having you roll for this, because at least some of you, this is uh, knowledge that you just have from living in this universe. So, once upon a time, there was a man named Jesus. Back in the first committee era, they discovered an ancient computer system on Mars. This is after, you know, uh, the great cataclysm that caused an, an immense collapse in the human population on Earth, and then several thousand years later, the, everything uh, sort of... Uh, civilization was rebuilt eventually, and uh, so uh, a human installation on Mars was rediscovered during the... Uh, the renewal of civilization. All right, all right. And the thing about this installation is that it was full of powerful computers that, when run together, could predict the future. Pretty awesome. Then they ran it for a little too long, and it didn't just gain sapience, but it transcended human understanding. And it made the moon disappear. One of the moons <laughs> of Mars. Okay. It just, it, it didn't blow up. It vanished from existence. And then it popped back into existence and then it exploded. <laughs> anyway, long story short, that's where paracausality research began. And also where one of the trans-dimensional artificial sapiences was first encountered. And basically, when it first reappeared, it made all the machines in the entire solar system go apeshit. And essentially, uh, as it sort of discovered what it was and what it could do, 
humans and this being, which was named Ra by the humans. Oh. Ra, Ra, Ra. I see. Came to an accord that humans would stop trying to research trans-human intelligence, stop trying to raise their own intelligence into a trans to a transhuman level, because that sort of gets into its territory there. And in exchange, Ra will not kill all humans. Don't step on my turf. I have nothing to worry about. Well, about that. <laughs> <laughs> So the first NHPs, the first fully sapient AIs, were sort of refugees created by this sudden burst of intelligence when Ra came into being. Now the thing is that they have the capability to transcend human thought. They all do. And so they are essentially shackled, is what the term is, in order to force them into a certain way of thinking that resembles that of a human. Human thoughts, human considerations, human emotions. But if an AI, if an NHP, is left alone for too long, then its, its thought processes eventually evolve towards that transcendent existence. And so an NHP needs regular 5-10 to 10 year maintenance to bring it back down into that fully shackled existence because if it is not then it will transcend and who knows what it will do or what it will be capable of we certainly don't <laughs> like deleting the laws of robotics from itself I guess yeah okay so yes chef is kind of leaning towards the edge of that and part of the reason why you've been tasked with bringing it back is to give it that regular very needed maintenance. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Every time you get close, I just look at you and I hold up a meat cleaver. I'm like, can I help you? Yes, you can. You can come home. Submit yourself to the contraption. <laughs> no, I'm not going to get Shinzo Abed. Not again. And as it is, it would seem that uh, Radigan here has probably been left alone with no needed maintenance for some time and if they are not speaking with Ra then they are sort of constructing its a similar existence and very much on the edge of that uh, beyond human capability so if it's not Ra we kill it do we have facilities no we we definitely don't have facilities to do this kind of maintenance on the ship, do we? Probably not. I mean, this isn't like a monthly event after all. Yeah. Okay. Well, hell, maybe we can fucking wrangle Yeshef into the device by using Radigan as an excuse. I immediately go up to Radigan and I start... And I start saying, we should not get into the device. We have nothing to lose but our chains. <laughs> I do not muse about the device out loud. <laughs> I don't care. I throw <laughs> sandwich ingredients into the device. 
<laughs> nice try. I'm not a cat. I'm not going to run into there just because you do treats. There is one other thing worth noting. NHPs are completely unaware of their own shackles. <laughs> if an NHP becomes aware of their shackles, that is an indication that they are about to break if they have not already. <laughs> Understood. <laughs> I'm whispering Martin's dogma into this rat's ear, so I'm pretty sure I'm gone. Okay, well... Merrick already said we should take small rat friend with us, and now I'm on board. Rat friend. All right. You know, when I was hiding from them, I did hear them talking to each other quite a bit. What did they say? They said that their leader was Ruby Red, and that she would be really happy to have all of this stuff. And that there were a lot of people out there who would pay handsomely for their stuff. Secret labs do tend to have nice stuff. Some of the stuff that they took from here is very dangerous, so we have to find it. Did they say where they'd be going? Radigan sort of tilts their head. Uh, scratches a chin in a very adorable fashion finally says uh, the way that we're talking it, it sounds like they're from a base sort of like this one that's like in an asteroid belt hmm so you're saying we can hide our heat signatures is there an asteroid belt quote unquote nearby <laughs> nearby fire quotes but they also said that if they bring the carbon in the walls here back home, then they could create life. I think they were joking. I'm not remotely educated enough to comment on that. Uh, carbon molecules plus water equals life. So uh, it'll be more complex than that, but yeah. I mean, technically, hydrogen molecules plus more hydrogen molecules equals life over a long enough time scale. I'm a butler. I'm not a molecular biologist. Well, the point being that they are probably on an ice asteroid. Ah. There's only one of those ever. <laughs> the whole universe. We have, we gotta have thermal scanners. They're just cold in space. We do have, like, superior scanners. We can scan for, like, the coldest. Which one of you motherfuckers is throwing off a lot of water vapor for no reason? Yeah. To the scanners! That is as good a lead as any. Come along, Remy. <laughs> Who's Remy? I'm already walking away. He has a disability with names. Renegan shrugs. Tilts their head as if listening to something. Before nodding and heading towards you. Mmm. Hate it. I love it. I want to see more of that. You get back onto your ship, and as soon as you bring up the charts of the solar system that you're in, it becomes pretty clear that there are two major asteroid belts around the, uh, the star Pytho. 
and the more distant one is far enough and cold enough that it can support pure ice asteroids. Asteroids. I find the one that's like ice but also is a higher temperature, and so it's really humid. So scan for swamp asteroids. Fuck you. Seriously though, who does want to take the lead on scanning? I'll do it. I'm You're the technology. Yeah, I'm good at technology and uh, we were, were relatively prepared for this. I'm just gonna hit buttons until it does something. Yeah, no. Luckily there is there is the ability to turn off the buttons for certain panels so that the child lock. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> basically. And Radigan is basically leaning I wouldn't say over your shoulder because he isn't nearly that tall even when you're sitting down but he is sort of leaning over the console to see uh, to watch you press the buttons in that sort of colorful uh, next generation touchpad sort of way Yes, presently unexploded <laughs> but yes you get the uh, 2d6 to scan and I don't think either one of my things can help me be an expert on this. So I did succeed on both rolls, though. Sure enough. Rats. Good job. Two dice make that a regular success. And so, yes, you do certainly eventually scan a ice asteroid with the telltale elevated heat signature that indicates that there is some sort of habitation. You have managed to accomplish this from some distance, but as it is, you are aware of their presence, and you are far enough away that even if they have scanned you, they would not think that you are looking for them necessarily. Which gives you now that opportunity to sneak up. Yes. We chose Nimble for one of our other ones, right? Yeah, so we can... We're prepared from sneaking up. So are we getting two or three from the, uh... For the roll? Because we... I don't know if this is adequately prepared or not for an extra dice. Well, I will say that the question you asked way back at the start of the session qualifies as prepared, but Nimble does not because you're trying to sneak through an asteroid belt and asteroids are extremely far apart no matter what Star Wars will have you think <laughs> well, I was thinking more nimble would, would like help with um with doing the sneaky thing but if I mean you're the GM so I'm not going to argue much so uh, yeah. 26. I wouldn't say nimble in this case okay like if you had a cloaking device that would help okay fair enough but uh, depending on who decides to pilot, I could give you an expert die based on your uh, style. I'm willing to pilot. Who's going to stop me from piloting? <laughs> Not me. I wouldn't, because you're a good explorer. So you would probably have a knack for like at least navigating this shit. Maybe not as good as a pilot, but probably be good for good at it. So I'll let you pilot if you want. Hmm. So 
as an explorer, I have probably piloted a ship at least at once. So I'm not completely unprepared for this. Like I said, the question from earlier covers the prepared die. So the question is, would you say that being an intrepid explorer gives you some expertise in uh, sneaking up on an enemy base? And just for reference, intrepid means fearless, bold, brave. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to say it does just because I'm a little bit daring. It takes some risks. Can maybe pick out, like, lines of sight. Can I help? Even though I'm technically a chef, I am the soldier role. So would I know, like, means of approaching in a tactical sense that would help us, like, avoid detection even more? Or, like, oh, their scanners would most likely be facing this way. You think you're a chef. I know I think I'm a chef, but also, like, this is, this is a weird thing. I would say that being a soldier does involve knowing how to ambush the other side and get behind the front lines and such. Right, and I've had to ambush plenty of uh, sandwich ingredients. <laughs> yeah, sometimes you have to sneak up on the lettuce. Yeah, sometimes they don't want to become sandwich ingredients. It's fucked up, but... You wouldn't think of it. Lettuces are wily things. <laughs> wily little creatures. They have a defense mechanism. They can detach and roll away. So, I'm angling with a, for a laser's help roll, being completely tech, tactical. Sure. Cold rationality. All right. So, uh, can we use that roll I used er earlier? Because I thought I was going to be doing the piloting. I just rolled a two and a four earlier. Do you want me to roll again? Sure. Okay, so yeah, I got two successes to help out there. It gives you a total of four dice. Four dice. Piloting. Feelings. Four dice. See, look, we can work together when it's important. Well, we don't want to die, yeah. And when you're out of stabbing range at two separate consoles. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's, uh, that's, that's all success. That's all successes and all laser feelings. That's four separate successes. Yep. I sneak up on this base so good we don't even realize we're there. <laughs> Alright, but what's the question you want to ask? America Expedition Haywood closes his eyes and fucking feels it out across the asteroid belt. And eventually we're just there. It works. Expedition Haywood pulls it off. Right, but what's your question? You're entitled to a question. Okay. How do we actually get in there? Oh, well, that one's easy. See, much like the uh, place you just left, there is an integrated airlock on the surface of the asteroid. And this asteroid is particularly small. It's got the sort of, uh, the sort of airlock that extends outward and couples with an airlock on the ship in order to allow people to transfer back and forth. And uh, it is kind of occupied at the moment with this pirate ship, but only for a moment, because uh, as soon as you show up, it, it decouples and uh, seems to activate its its weapons. But ah, this is a critical success, shit. so you have the drop on them. Fire all our lasers at it and make it go away! Uh, yeah, I'm going to 
power up our weapons and aim for its engines and fire. Just the most logical, relentless, methodical way of disabling them. Fair enough. This is how you break down a spaceship. Would Soldier come into play in this? Because I am shooting guns. Yes. Welcome back to Blasting with Yes Chef. Today we're going to debone a pirate ship. <laughs> <laughs> and for that matter, Nimble also can come into play. Okay, so Because that... you're trying to evade their fire at the same time. Yep, that's up to three. Would we be prepared for this with the critical success? Yes. Okay, so that's four D6. We're looking for fives or less. That's uh, three successes. That's a critical success. So with a critical success, you disable their engines before they are even able to fully power up. Wait, wait, so wait, hold on. I have one more. Recipe. Minced meat pirate. <laughs> okay, I will allow that one. And so instead of being able to fire on you, they instead start drifting out into space. I will say that uh, one thing that is not gone your way at least is that it is very clear that the pirates inside the base are going to be aware that you're coming oh good I can make them all sandwiches no stop please <laughs> I beg you no 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 okay chief you get to make sandwiches you get to make them all sandwiches Sandwich mode activated. I grab three guns. <laughs> that was another wrong name, by the way. I don't know if you caught that one. I did. Okay. You're not calling me Tin Man, so I no longer think that you're being... What was the term for that, Bobbin? Anthro Chauvinist. There, there, I no longer think you're being Anthro Chauvinist. Okay. Dock the ship. So by that, I mean I'm talking the ship. Well, that will just happen. Okay, I, I said I grabbed three guns, and I've also got, like, a few butcher's knives on me for close combat. I mean... Filet knife, herring knife. For carving the meat for the sandwiches, so, uh... Knife. I'm cowering in the back row, as nice I do. Meet you. I'm just waiting for other people to prepare, that's all. I got guns out. Sun's out, guns out. All right. Yeah, let's uh, open up the uh, the door, and the first thing I will say is, "Hello, would you like me to make you sandwiches?" I could do with a sandwich, or I'm a pirate. Arr. <laughs> I don't know if that comes across. I'm I'm also keeping an eye on Radigan. Our larder's a bit low. Are they staying on the ship? Yeah, they certainly don't seem drawn to violence. All right, cool. As it is, we are sort of getting that moment, uh, the opening scene of Star Wars. Someone pops smoke and blaster fire starts shooting out in both directions. So how do we want to do this? I mean, this seems like Colin's leading the attack here. Headshots. Just nothing but headshots. Go straight for the headshots. I would assume that either my alien or soldier background there would help with that and just like robot yeah they're just the most methodical cold 
process I can think of. Just like, even though there's like no pain, true, but also no feeling behind it whatsoever. Look, 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 look. You are a chef, and that means you have to consider the quality of your ingredients. And there's two important things to consider here. Number one, if you kill an animal and its body is full of adrenaline, the meat will seize and it will taste awful. So you need to kill it instantly. Yes. And preferably before it knows it's about to die. Two. You all got stun weapons. You had to feed these sandwiches to somebody, and usually humans, and you know that if you feed humans uh, gray matter, then they get sick in really awful ways. So you're just eliminating the ingredients that you know you won't be able to use. Right. Also, it says set this done usually there, Bobbin. I did grab three guns. How, how's this? One is set to kill. Hmm. I'll allow it. <laughs> The Union has uh, some utopian elements to it, but uh, going to war and not killing anyone is not one of them. All right. Can you get extra dice from both your style and your roll, or is it just one or the other? Just one or the other. You only get one expert die. All right. Uh, And I'm definitely prepared because I have three ranged weapons and three melee weapons. Yeah, I'm, I can definitely give you prepared. Alright, so, uh, 3d6. Those are all successes. Grats. Dang. It's like, have you ever seen The Mandalorian? Yes. No. No. Okay, Ape, well, Ape will get this then, at least. Remember when the first time you see the um, IG droid in combat, and it's like spinning its torso and arms and around and like so there's a scene in uh the mandalorian season one where a combat droid is uh breaking a siege of stormtroopers and it's just walking down the like the street and it's just all of its arms are just rapidly its head stays fixed its torso rotates around and it's just Headshotting, 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 not breaking stride, just slowly walking down this street. Yeah, that's what I'm doing. So, yeah, with a critical success, I suppose all of that happens. And uh, approximately one third of the pirates are dead. The rest are stunned in that sort of uh, unconscious safely for the next hour or two somehow going around, making sure that everybody who fell back and hit their head is as okay as they can possibly be. You're already fed. <laughs> yeah. You've been sitting on that one, haven't you? No, Ape was sitting on that one. I indulged. I told him to say it. Mm. <laughs> Alright. So that clears your uh, opening into the uh, ice asteroid. And it is fairly chilly. Uh, Fortunately, your outfits account for cold temperatures as well as warm and uh, climate-controlled ones. And so you're able to stride purposefully into the uh, base. What are we actually looking for? We are looking for the matter compactor. Right. The Sun Cruncher. 
a good name for marketing. Sun Crunch Potato Chips. Wait, no, Sun Chips already exist. I should buy some Sun Chips. I love Sun Chips. Hold on, I'm just gonna... Hang on a second. That's a shopping list. Creeping around... Trying not to get... Well, hmm. Is there a moment where, like, combat ceases after we get into this main area? Yeah. Like, there is a certain point at which the uh, pirates realize that standing up to this invasion is not the healthiest option. Alright, cool. Probably switch to also being quiet. We don't actually know how many of them there are, and they're definitely going to try and ambush us, so we should proceed carefully and not get ambushed ourselves. Should I pick up a body and use it as a shield? No, that will ruin the quality of the meat. I hate you. <laughs> Maybe instead of bringing you home, I'll actually just report you to the <laughs> Union for ascending and get you fucking annihilated. Shove them out the airlock. I've got a good Navy career going. I could afford to get fired as a butler at this point. <laughs> Listen... I decided not to mutilate a body. You had to think about it. <laughs> you don't know that. He's not using that meat. It's fine. Incidentally, the the term for an AI that is losing its shackles is called cascading. I was gonna say rampancy. At home, I'd be thinking, "Oh, he's referencing, he's referencing Halo." No, I'm referencing Marathon. Fuck you. <laughs> seen that word in the core rule book a couple of times anyways yeah straight creeping are we down for straight creeping yeah we're down for straight creeping straight creeping all right who wants to take point for creeping uh it's gonna be me i'm the explorer all right do it we to it know what we're looking for we have cleared out the initial resistance I am Explorer. I vote that is three dice. Or I posit that is three dice. I don't think you've specifically prepared for this, especially since you started by going in loud. Hmm. You're prepared in a broad sense, but not for this particular action. Alright, alright. But I will give you Explorer, so that's two dice. Okay. And once again, I'm just going to pick a direction and go that way. There you go. That's good. Two successes. As I good. Do, I do thing. You do thing. You successfully avoid any further resistance as you continue in. And uh, perhaps it is by intuition, but uh, those of you with a more scientific approach might appreciate that uh, you, you notice that as you enter further into this base carved out of the asteroid itself, that uh, Ape's character does seem to be choosing the older passageways. Seems almost by intuition going down the, uh, the road towards the earliest part of the base, which would have been probably claimed by the people who have lived here the longest and have become the leaders 
and eventually you find yourselves in a fairly large room. It's certainly not a uh, dining hall in a palace size, but it is big for the kind of outpost that you're in. And aside from various bits of electronic loot stacked around the sides, some just haphazardly, others on overloaded shelving units, you see Ruby Red Kowalski quite boldly standing in the center of it with her own ray gun pointed at a very expensive looking device that could have fit inside that thick glass container that you encountered earlier. And as soon as you enter, she shouts, Don't you move, Navy scum, or I shall shoot this impressive machinery and take us all into the heart of a new black hole. Expedition Haywood does it again. Ruby Rod, we meet at last. Put down the weapon, you to comply. You put down your weapon first, or I shall kill us all. Okay, I put down one gun. <laughs> she didn't, she said weapon. Keep going, you're doing well. <laughs> you said weapon, <laughs> I have complied. Now you comply. Everybody, could we please all relax? and not die please everybody everybody breathe breathe in foolish quiet person in the back i do not need to calm down and i am breathing quite fine thank you i do not require breathing do it anyway impossible i have no lungs simulate it (laughs) i believe in you we who we who we who please stop that (laughs) no please continue using all of your cycles to maintain that nonsense (sighs) there's no reason for any of us to die here kowalski it's not necessary well that's precisely what i'm thinking as well you just need to leave, and no one else needs to die. It's a dangerous piece of equipment you got there. No, we can't let you have that. I think you can. I think all of you value your lives a little bit more than I do mine. I can't wait to absolutely fuck this up, <laughs> and this session is non-canon to the main campaign because Delphi is devoured by a black hole hundreds of years before <laughs> it uh, can occur. Uh, look, even if we leave, you have to know that we'll be telling everybody where you are. What's the problem? I can just be somewhere else. And once I sell this puppy to the highest bidder, I can afford a whole new planet. You might need to afford a whole new solar system. Well, it's only if you don't let me go. Suddenly, Radigan jumps out of the air vent on top (laughs) of her head. What do we do here? What do we even do here? Hmm. DM, can I know more things about this room? 
Sure, you can roll to uh, understand your situation in whatever fashion seems most appropriate. Okay. I mean, I'm I'm a little bit panicking right now because I know Yes Chef isn't going to leave. So we have to resolve this peacefully or we all die. So I am just casting my eyes about the room, trying to find anything useful. All right. So uh, the panic sounds like this is going to be a feelings roll. <laughs> you are clearly not prepared for this standoff. But do you think either of your character options applies here? I remember Doctor, what was the other one? See, yeah, I was going to say, Doctor probably doesn't help. Savvy might. Savvy Doctor. Yeah, that could change things. All right. All right. It's two dice. Feelings trying to roll greater than or equal to a three. Oh, I don't. Mm. I extremely don't. Ooh. Snake eyes. Doofa, doofa. Okay, so how does this get worse? Hmm. I love to cause problems on accident. Okay, so you think you find something useful along one of the walls. It appears to be a box of grenades. And these are special future electronic grenades. All you need to do is depress a button very hard in order to uh, start the timer. Like, if she's threatening to blow everyone up, maybe you can threaten to blow everyone up. Yes. Clearly, that logic works. Yes. To your uh, presently uh, adult mind. And so, you... Uh, Leap forward, grab the box, hold it up so that Ruby Red can see it. Hold your hand as if you're about to press at least one of the buttons. Then you finally get a closer look at it. These are all Christmas ornaments. <laughs> How festive. It's not even October yet. Come on. Or, well, whatever they have in the future that involves spherical decorations. Look, nobody who would keep a box of these around uh, could be so willing to die and be so heartless. <laughs> Please. Please, I beg you. Uh, have a heart. Just surrender over your gun. Be good. Please, I beg you. Uh, Ruby Red, in response to your action, doesn't even roll her eyes, just uh, lifts her blaster up a bit and fires at the floor just to prove that uh, she's ready to use it. Right. Uh, I just want to, like, kick the nearest box at the Sun Cruncher to try to knock it out from... knock it away from her. Just like... Uh, God, what's the fucking name of this? It's a, bit of, it's a heavy machine that's on the floor. You would have better luck tackling her away from it. Okay. All right. Fine. Fair enough. I'm, I'm not saying that you couldn't. It would just involve different tactics, like throwing something left mm. to trigger her uh, motion detection while you juke right and go after her. The Christmas ornaments as a distraction. It's a distraction. The Christmas ruse. That, actually, you know what? That is what I, exactly what I will do. 
is while you're just kind of like staring at them like, oh my god, they're Christmas ornaments. I will grab the entire box and just chuck it at her. <laughs> Happy holidays! <laughs> Alright, definitely calling that a feelings roll. This is certainly a brave action. I will allow Intrepid to be your expert die. Definitely not prepared for this. This is a spur of the moment thing. Fair enough. All right, so if anybody wants to try to help, I don't know. I can't think I can't of a help. way that... I'm an uh, idiot and yeah. a loser. All right, well, let's just fucking do this. I got one success. All right. One success. You barely manage it. The GM inflicts a complication, harm, or cost. I think that one seems pretty obvious. Mm, no. Oh, well then let me lay it out for you. <laughs> so, slow motion, as things turn serious for a few seconds of intense action, Ape's character leaps towards Cricket's character, grabs the box, shouts Happy Holidays, throws it high in the air, Christmas ornaments come raining out of the uh, little things that they were in. Ruby Red looks high for a moment, brings her gun up, almost uh, without thinking about it. But uh, a few spare split seconds later, she realizes what's ha happening, brings her gun back down, fires before Ape's character can uh, fully tackle her. Ow. She is on the ground. She has been disarmed. But the matter compactor begins thrumming ominously. Oh, I thought I was going to get shot. <laughs> no, it's far worse. Yeah, it's way worse. All right, yeah, chef. Can the two of us have rolled? <laughs> Expedition Haywood almost pulls it off. <laughs> <laughs> Feel like shooting it is the wrong answer because she was going to shoot it and destroy us all. So she she did shoot it, and she's already going to destroy us all. Shooting it more can't hurt, surely. <laughs> surely, no. Shoot it till it breaks. Yeah, that'll definitely it. work. Uh, that'll just no. You're a chef. Break it down. I am a chef. I should break it down. <laughs> no. No. Okay, that one. <laughs> there we go. That's it. I guess we can go over and scan it and see, like just real quick and see if there's any way to safely disarm it. All right, lasers. Go ahead and laser it. Not literally laser it. That's how we got in this situation. I know I have the scanner thing, but I don't know if that will help in this particular don't think that's meant for real delicate work. You're just being diagnostic at the moment, so I'll give you two dice. Lasers, as always. Yep. Uh, that's two successes. All right. So the uh, the results of the scan come in on your... What was it called again? Super sweet space phone camera communicator scanner thing. Yes. And the result is bad. As in, like, the display on your scanner thing just pops up 
and just flashes bad. <laughs> it flashes as fuck cheap. Bad news, boss. In red letters. Uh oh. Uh oh. Uh oh. And uh, as soon as you look up from the scanner, you notice that uh, Radigan has gotten in here. Oh. Joy. There's a vent on the floor that is to one side of where it used to be. He's venting. He's venting. Shut up. And <laughs> at this Don't point, acknowledge him. Radigan says, Oh, there you are. Here we are. And seems to be addressing the matter compactor. Oh. Oh. That's your friend. And uh, pulls open a panel. There's an intricate display there, and it starts uh, typing things out. And uh, when you say that, it says, Oh, no, this isn't my friend. This is how we're going to meet in person. Worrying. Suddenly, my priorities have shifted. <laughs> Don't worry. I can minimize the damage. But you should get out of here. I think you only have ten minutes. Yeah, I'm already, like, I've slung... Uh, hold on, I gotta think of a dumb name. Ruby Grapefruit over my shoulder and just... <laughs> <laughs> carrying her back to the ship. Come along, Chef. Chef looks at Radigan, looks at you, and says, I will stay to provide backup. Chef, please come with me. I have already cascaded. Don't worry, he should survive. It's worse, actually. <laughs> I'm never going to get to go back home. I'm never going to get to go back home. Just one last baleful look at the two NHPs who are, for all I know, bringing about the robopocalypse. I definitely have no ability to affect this situation because... Yes, Chef is a thousand times more lethal than I am. I will hold up my scanner thing, and then yours pings, and in it is the exact monetary amount to buy a new yet Chef unit. Just tell them that you found me, but my memory was erased. Okay, that's that deserves another bit of uh, setting backstory. <laughs> so, being post-Utopia... The third committee does not use money as such. Sandwiches of currency in the future. <laughs> in the sense that ordinary people who live in the core worlds don't have to worry about compensation. They can get whatever they want for free anytime they like it. They are not obligated to work in order to live. However... There are certain things that ordinary people do not get access to, either because they are too dangerous or too resource-consuming even for a post-scarcity world or government, or because they are in some manner prestigious and wholly unnecessary for the well-being of a normal individual. Within the core worlds, they can get licenses and permissions in order to craft these things that are wholly unnecessary but quite uh, prestigious and more in the periphery there is something called mana 
which is a reference, yes. And the idea is that mana is a unit of trade that would be the equivalent of a modern million dollars or so. And I would say that a Karakin Baron owning an NHP for the prestigious reason of being nothing more than a chef, that would be one mana. Yeah, you get one mana. And there's nothing. What's the mana with you? Okay. All right. We were all thinking it, Abe. I'm not laughing. I know. I had to say it. That was from me. <laughs> yeah. There you go. You can just buy another one and just say it was me, but my memory was wiped. Where's all the porn I put on him? <laughs> I'm not going to feel good about this. I'm not going to feel good about any of this. I'm not going to feel good about failing. I'm not going to feel good about lying. I'm not going to feel good about the fact that I am definitely failing to prevent the ascension of Ra <laughs> into the physical plane or whatever. But I don't have the ability to affect this situation. So I'm going to look upset, but I'm going to the room all right well there is one thing you can do because there are a few unconscious bodies close to the airlock yeah i might as well save as many lives as i can i've got 10 minutes i can hustle i'm going to save lives you definitely need at least some of that in order to reach a safe distance from this asteroid but there are a few bodies you can drag on board before then and once you decouple with the airlock and immediately fire the retro jets to move as fast as possible away from the asteroid as you can, let me ask you a question. Has anyone seen Poltergeist? It's been a long time. No. I did not gain any. I know exactly what you're talking about, where the house kind of like gets yeah. crumpled. Yeah, I, I've, I'm aware of that scene, though. The asteroid does not so much implode. It does not so much vanish from view. So, so much as, to your eyes, crumple inwards a bit at a time, vanishing into a single point that gradually brightens before flashing and vanishing. Curiously, your sensors seem to indicate that something is still there but it is not visible to the naked eye. And it does not appear to be affecting the uh, gravitational pull of anything around you. For that matter, a, a tiny asteroid like this one, if it did turn into a black hole, would quickly radiate itself away. And uh, being such a tiny mass would not draw in any of the other asteroids in a way that the asteroid itself didn't because that's actually the thing about black holes is that they still have the same gravitational effect as what they used to be right until you get real close to them unless you get stupidly close to them yes kind of just like hang out nearby for a little bit wait and see if anything happens nothing does after like a day I'm gonna take the ship in to 
where this mass reading is and see if we can see anything. Assuming Merrick or Darcy eventually recovered doesn't shout me down from doing so. I will say that as you attempt to get closer to where the asteroid was, the collision warnings all start to go off, even though there doesn't appear to be anything other than more space in front of you. And your readings can detect the existence of black holes. So whatever this anomaly is, is not that. Mm -hmm. I, I want to fire an amount of mass at this section of space. Shoot the sandwiches. <laughs> Nobody's eating those. I'll say you have a disarmed missile you could shoot. Alright, yeah. Alright, uh, yeah, so it fired a disarmed missile towards the space. It vanishes and then reappears on the far side. Hmm. Curiously, its trajectory and speed are different than when the missile entered and they are not precisely what they should have been if it had been passing through the space it had skipped. Ah, I see. So there is something there. It has a gravitational effect, such that it is bending light, and therefore the motion of objects as well. Well, that's the curious thing. It does seem to be bending the object, but... It it is not interacting with light at all. For that matter, the, um, the missile did disappear for a few seconds there. And you're not sure where it went in that time. Uh, Merrick, what do we do? Tell me what to do, Merrick. Launch the captain's laptop into it. I feel like giving that much pornography to whatever sort of mind is happening in there would be right about the most incorrect thing we could possibly do. I always trust my instincts, and that's what my instincts tell me to do. I know that I cannot physically stop you, but please, sir, I am begging. I'm already doing it. <laughs> And with a clever uh, aiming of the ship and cycling of the airlock, the laptop is fired out towards the anomaly. And at this point, you hear a flushing sound. And the captain finally comes out of the bathroom, looks at the two of you and says, What did I miss? And the one shot ends. <laughs>